You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal, handsome Aaron Airport, and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories that caught our eye over the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of March 20th, 2023, Aaron and I stood side by side, hand in hand, and found ourselves face to face with a collection of weird Canadian going-ons. We discussed the raising tension in the Canadian animal uprising as evidenced by the actions of a raccoon, some skunks, and some turkeys. We choose sides in the matter of Avril Lavigne and the topless protester. And of course, we talk about Tim Hortons and their genital burning tea. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. I missed you, buddy. Oh, I missed you too. I'm only saying that out of legal obligation. <laughs> well, when someone says I miss you, the natural response is I also miss you. So yeah, was... whether you mean it or not, it really, it really paints the other person into a corner. And it's actually rude to say that to someone, I think. It's like a form of harassment. Yeah, I think so. Because it, you're, you're obligating them to then say, oh, to show affection back to you. Yeah. It's like so asking it's someone like... to help you move. It's not quite like that because you can say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy that day or whatever. But Helping someone else move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like when I send you a compliment like, oh, I really, oh, you look great lately, you know, and you have to then say, you're forced to say, oh, so do you. You look great too. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, I shouldn't have said it. I'm sorry. Let's let's just yeah, start yeah. over. Uh, Aaron, what's new? What have you been up to? Oh, this is it, my friends. I've been keeping my eye on the weird Canadian happenings throughout mm -hmm. the country. Because mm -hmm. I've been away for a while, but from you a have. distance, I've been across the border. I've been down in Florida, but mm -hmm. I've been keeping my eye on Canada. And it's it's been weird. I don't know if it's been like Florida weird. You know, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little like more comfortable here in Canada. Maybe it's not as weird as I've thought, uh, but I think that's oh, just... Oh, did you, when you were in Florida, were you finding weird things that you're like, we don't have that weird thing in Canada. Yeah. Well, I was staying in a, uh, a place uh, just down the road from where I was staying was a business called Machine Guns America. And their slogan was fun for the whole family. And it was just as it sounds. It's a store where you could, I think you could rent machine guns and shoot them. And I wouldn't go near it for fear of getting beat up by someone, but I did take a selfie. Oh, so you won't it. go to the, you're scared to go to a gun store because you're afraid to get beat up not afraid to get shot no i would get beat up out front maybe like canadian canadian get him <laughs> uh but <laughs> anyway but yeah i've been i've been keeping my eye on things down here it's been nuts i've had um the prime minister as well as ramona has been sending me stories here and there of like you know when you get back you need to look into this and so we got to, we got some ketchup to do uh while i do been... have some ketchup and mustard to get on the hot dog of weird canadian stories um, but before we get into the ketchup and mustard of that, we got some listener mail. We got quite a bit of listener mail. And because mm -hmm. of that, we can start with a little bit of it. But throughout the episode as we go, I'm going to I'm gonna touch on some different pieces uh, of listener mail. But the first thing I want to do is pick up immediately where the last episode left off. If you recall in the last episode, 
we called our mutual friend Randy, who offered to fill in for you if you decided to walk away from the show. And he who's mentioned... been texting me right now as we speak. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully, like, yeah. right, did you quit? Are you going to quit? Literally, as we speak, I'm getting a text from him, unrelated to keep Canada okay. weird. He's wondering if I'm going to watch uh, wrestling with him. Oh, well, on a certain okay. night. So. Um. Anyways, uh, Randy had offered to step in and fill your shoes if you walked away from the show. Randy had talked about something he refers to as the Rand Club, wanting to see him get a bit of the spotlight. Then we had Norm, a listener in Vegas, refer to Randy as creepy. We ended our last episode allowing Randy to respond to Norm. Well, it's not mm -hmm. over. This back and forth is not over. Uh, Norm is going to get the last word. Norm wanted to react to Randy reacting to Norm's message. Here's what Norm from Vegas had to say about what Randy had to say about Norm from Vegas. I can't wait. Hi, Jordan, handsome Aaron Airport and Randy. This is Norm from Vegas. I'm calling in response to Randy's comments on the last Keep Canada Weird episode. Um, first, I'd like to set the record straight. There were a number of interpretations of my comments mentioning words such as creep or creeper. That's not what I said. Here's what I said verbatim. I think that Randy guy is kind of creepy. Okay. There is a difference there. And uh, in this regard, I would also like to defend myself. Here's a reason why I thought he sounded kind of creepy. When Handsome Aaron Airport was being viciously attacked by listeners and thinking about leaving the show, Randy threw his hat into the ring in a conversation with Aaron as a replacement for Aaron. Uh, and then he mentioned the Rand Club as his supporters. I mean, what kind of name is the Rand Club? That's kind of creepy. Reminds me of the Mickey Mouse Club. So if you want to keep that name, Randy, I suggest you uh, use this in your club song. C-R-E-E-P-Y-R-A-N-D-Y. -E -E so, okay, now that I got that off of my chest, Randy mentioned in his response to me, you know, uh, addressing me directly, Norm, you're probably pretty creepy too. Here, I want you to note that is almost the same language that I used, except he adds the word to at the end. So he here is admitting that he's probably pretty creepy. So, however, after Randy's response, I, you know, I took a minute. I kind of got a hold of my emotions. I realized, you know, Randy, and I'm speaking to you directly here, Randy, you sound like a pretty cool guy. So, I sincerely apologize for my comments that you sounded kind of creepy. I don't think you're a creep, a creeper, or that you sound creepy at all. And, you know, what helped me to get there was this is supported by uh, Jordan, but but especially Handsome Aaron Airport, where he put on the record that you are in no way creepy, and it, which holds a lot of weight with me. So anyway, guys, hope there's no hard feelings. I love the show. And I appreciate your feedback. So I think we're all cool. Wow. What a, what a thoughtful response. It was, uh, Norm is, I really like Norm. Yeah. I just want to go. I know I've, I've gone, as Norm said, I've gone on the record and I've officially stated that Randy is not creepy. Mm -hmm. 
And now I'd like to go on the record and say that Norm is a great guy and also not creepy. Just two not creepy cool guys had a I want to get the two of them together in a room or on on a on a deserted island and if, and uh if we ever do an away show, let's do it in Vegas with Norm. Yeah. We'll bring yeah, Randy. We'll stay at Norm's place. <laughs> all right. It's it's, it's a yeah. plan. We're yeah, I can't see any issues with that at all. No. Uh, we have one other piece of mail that I want to get to before we get into our weird Canadian stories. If you recall last week, or maybe it was the week prior, we talked about gift card scams. Uh, Corey has some thoughts on gift card scams, but also another scam that involves liquor stores in Canada. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. My name's Corey, a true Canadian girl Zamboni driver in BC. This episode I just watched today reminded me of a funny story. The episode was about the um, gift card cash birthday gift discussion and the gift card scam. Um, One year, I bought some friends of ours a box of chocolates and a bottle of Baileys for Christmas, and they called us laughing and saying, ha-ha, good one, classic Pete, which was my ex at the time. And the bottle was half empty. I was mortified, not only because that was totally something my ex would do, but because I bought it myself. I went back to the liquor store where I bought it, and they actually told me that this happens regularly because of the dark bottles, and it doesn't get noticed. So ever since then, I've checked my bottles at the liquor store and just thought you might get a laugh out of that. And I hope you guys both have a great day. So Bailey's, I can't think of what a bottle of Bailey's looks like, but even if it does have a dark bottle, how do you go in a liquor store and drain half of it other than just opening it and taking a chug? Yeah, opening and pouring it into another container and walking yeah. off. Yeah, I guess. I'm surprised that happens, though, because you could open and take it. If you're going to do it. Yeah, but it, if you're taking the liquid, it makes complete sense, actually. If you're taking the liquid out in the store, pour it into you know a water bottle or something, then when you leave the store, there's not going to be any alarm or anything because any mm-hmm. barcode codes or any... Any indication of the product is on the bottle itself. So if you're not taking the bottle, according to the store, you're not stealing the product, really. <laughs> yeah, as far as the store's like security goes, or yeah, whatever, as far but, as the security goes, yeah. So, but but I, I I can I can get that. But whether you do that with a dark bottle or a light bottle, like you're taking so much risk of like being there and opening a bottle and pouring it into this other bottle and putting that in your bag that the color of the bottle seems like such a minor what the color of the bottle is is key because you can't visually tell with a bailey's bottle that it's empty if it's still sitting on the shelf so it just buys you some time i guess it buys you some time it's not obvious that the bottle is empty you would have to and there's still some weight to it because they don't take the entire thing Mm, they only take half of it i'm not I'm I should stay for the record. I'm not someone who does this, even though I seem to talk about <laughs> yeah, you it really know such this. a such an eloquent way as if I do this all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't. I purchase my own liquor. I purchase it purchase it legally and uh and the right way. Okay. Um I think if someone gave me a gift that was a half a bottle of liquor, I don't know if I would have the guts to like write them and be like, haha, that's hilarious. I would be like, oh my god, they're probably coming on some hard times. Well, one time um, for Christmas, I got my mom this CD. This was a very long time ago, Uh, but I bought her a CD that she really wanted. I can't remember the artist, but it was also it was an artist that I really liked at the time. And this was 
you know, long before you would just download whatever kind of songs that you wanted. Uh, but I remember I, I bought my mom the CD and then I called her and I said, listen, um, I want to ask you, I got you the CD that you wanted for Christmas, but I have to be honest, I really want it too. Is it okay if I open it and <laughs> and burn it <laughs> and then give it to, give it to you opened? <laughs> that's oh, okay. That's trashy, but it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, she agreed. I don't know. I was young. Whatever. Who cares? Whatever. Uh, one last thing, actually. Um, this is some feedback we got from Kevin, who is from Cornerbrook, and he wanted to weigh in on the Cornerbrook Hottest Man competition that uh, turned very ugly in a prior episode. Kevin says, hey there, Cornerbrook native here, former resident, in fact. I grew up there in the late 80s into the early 2000s, and I know about the event in question. Cornerbrook's Winter Carnival is a week of various winter events organized by a committee of volunteers. It's not run by the municipality. It's a not-for-profit group. I've never attended the Hottest Man event, but from what I, under from what I understand, being a longtime Cornerbrook resident, it's basically a thing where a bunch of guys do stupid things on stage for a panel of judges and an audience, and an audience to see who the hottest man is. It's definitely not a swimsuit competition, thank God, but basically who can make the biggest ass of themselves in front of an audience, hence why it gets sponsored by a beer company. Turning it into a big piss-up, Cornerbrook is a pretty surreal place that have grown up, so I'm not surprised that it finally made a podcast with the word weird in the title. So that mm. is some on-the-ground uh, insight we get from Kevin, so I appreciate Kevin's Whoa, uh, view of that. that was one of the things that I remember we were covering this story and I really felt like I just I need to be there. Like I need to kind of have a better understanding of of what the feel of this competition is mm -hmm. in reality. And this was actually a little a little light on that for us. So we really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and it sounds uh, just as trashy as I kind of imagined it being. Yeah. Well, we've spent enough time catching up on mail, although we will get into some as we go through the episode. But as we've said, we've made a promise, not a promise. We have an obligation passed down by the Prime Minister of Canada now. Um, it used to be the Queen Romana Digilo, but it's been, um, uh, we got the stamp of approval as well from Trudeau to carry on this torch to find and highlight. Now, we're not aligning specifically with Trudeau's politics because we've been given this kind of responsibility by him yeah. now. Good. I'm glad you uh, made that We should clear. stress that. We, we, we are down the middle here on uh, keep Canada weird whoever the current government is we will accept the responsibility absolutely because we're actually weird yeah we're actually here for the people we're not here but the government sees value in what we do mm -hmm. and sees that's the value why, of, of, of what we bring to the table for the Canadian people that's why they support it so let's get into it we have a job to do to find highlight discuss the weird and wonderful happenings that occurred in Canada over the last week. And I want to start with this one. While I was away, the Juno Awards happened, which is oh. the Canadian Music Awards, which yeah. I think for my entire life I've been into music, but I've never once cared about the Juno Awards ceremony until this year. Mm -hmm. did, you, did you pay any attention to the Junos? Can you name an active Canadian artist? Uh, I, I'd like to move on from, from, from that question <laughs> and just get right to the story, please, because... Uh, I, 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 yeah, let's just move on. This year's Juno Awards um, made the news not just because of the winners, but also because of some of the losers who found their way on stage topless and wild. Listen to this. Wild, yes. 
Yeah. Get the f off. It was an unexpected moment. A topless protester wearing pasties interrupted Avril Lavigne as the pop star spoke on stage at the Junos. The words stop logging old growth now and save the green belt scrawled on the woman's body. Like I was worried that she could have like done something like she could have like pushed Avril, she could have hit her. Shyla Ayasu was near the stage and surprised security did not act sooner. It was just a weird scenario all around because you like again it's all back to the security of why they didn't stop her from even getting on the stage in the first place. The protester was on stage for about 30 seconds before security escorted her off. Edmonton police say a 37-year-old woman from Vancouver is charged with mischief. <laughs> That's definitely going down as one of the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> It's a dash of controversy in a relatively tame awards show. I think it stands out as definitely one that people are going to be talking about for a long time. And I think one that in a quiet way actually pays homage to the Juno's legacy of having um, spicier moments than maybe a lot of folks remember. This professor says these kinds of protests are all about getting media attention and they don't always work. My sense is, is probably uh, there is more, more paying attention to the spectacle part than the message part in this instance. In a statement, Juno organizers said, we take every step to avoid interruptions to our program, but there are always risks with live events and broadcasts. CBC News asked whether there will be an investigation into how the protester got on stage and whether any changes will be made to security. Organizers say they were not commenting further. Julia Wong, CBC News, Edmonton. Oh, Avril Lavigne. Mm -hmm. I, I, you would think that you would kind of feel bad for her being in that moment with like a topless protester coming on stage and getting very close to her and stuff. But Avril Lavigne, I think is maybe like a little more hardcore than people would know. If, if you hear in that clip, she said like, get the F off the stage, yeah, get the yeah. F off the stage, B word. I think she put, up, she put up a lot more <laughs> resistance than, let's say, compare this to uh, Kid Rock, or not Kid Rock, Chris Rock being like accosted by Will Smith on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although this protester didn't do anything violent to Avril Lavigne, um, Avril Lavigne certainly clapped back. What do you think of this thing going down like this? You know, Avril Lavigne kind of taking the reaction that she did, a lot of people... I guess I don't know how people feel about it now. It's it, there's been a little bit of time for this story to air mm -hmm. and kind of um, dissolve in our mouths, I guess. But mm -hmm. um, at this point in time, so I, but initially when when this first happened, I, I saw a lot of people celebrating Avril Lavigne and her reaction. Yeah, for standing up to her, for standing up to her, and 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 a lot of negative uh, points of view towards the protester. Mm -hmm. and, and uh, i kind of uh, disagree with that point of view well i'm not surprised to hear you say that because we did talk a lot about using and manipulating the media for a variety of reasons be it a prank or to get a message across or in the case where someone commits a crime uh, wearing a garbage bag for an example the media can uh, amplify that message and ultimately get this person caught if you have a something you want to protest you need to get your message out there and this although is a um 
not everyone will agree with the way she did it. She certainly got on CBS national news with like, mm -hmm. you know, showing the messages that were written on her back. Although I don't understand exactly what she's protesting. I'm sure a lot more people do now than before she went topless on stage. Why, why do you, why are you not off offended by this? I'm not offended by it because first off, it's an award show with entitled people giving awards to other entitled people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't, I have no sympathy for award shows, the Oscars, um, the Junos, whatever other award shows there are. I don't watch them. They do nothing for me. Uh, when I see celebrities up on stage patting each other on the back, I just, it's just, I find it gross. I yeah, find sure. that gross. Yeah, grosser than a topless protester. Yeah, uh, let the topless protester command the rest of the show and <laughs> give her a microphone and it'll be way more entertaining than yeah, what these people are doing. Yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, but this topless protester, I don't know her name, although she has given interviews to the news. I've seen her on Global and such. Uh, she is kind of living by the sword, dying by the sword, because she was yeah. willing to put herself out there knowing she's going to get arrested and get charged. And this isn't the first time. She's also been arrested and I think charged for streaking at like a like a major soccer game with like mm -hmm. stuff written on her. So this is her like M.O. So, you know, if that's your thing, good for her for finding a way onto the Juno stage. I'm just glad, you know, no one got hurt. And... Yeah, I mean... It's not like she's interrupting high art here. Like if this was, if this was um, a stage production of of uh, you know Waiting for Godot or something, like yeah, you, you could see the offense there of like okay, these actors or or musicians are in mid performance or something. But like Avril Lavigne's reading from a teleprompter at this point in time in terms of. <laughs> In terms of moments to interrupt, this is a very safe moment to interrupt. It's not like she's 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 giving her life's work on stage here in, in a new song that's going to change the world. Yeah, good it's, point. She's just introducing some other musician, and she's reading from a teleprompter, and she's doing it very poorly, with <laughs> with no enthusiasm or 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 natural delivery whatsoever. She's up there looking as uninterested as she always does whenever she's in public. I don't mind <laughs> Avril Lavigne, but like, come on off it. Like, mm -hmm. like it's, it's, she's not up there cracking the atom, mm -hmm. you All know, right. like let, let this protester give the Avril Lavigne should have given the protester the microphone and said, okay, here's 10 seconds. Say let whatever you need to say. Yeah, let's just get this over with. Here's that yeah, would be yeah. amazing. And then you can go sit down, that. and it would be awesome. And that should have been the response. She should ah. have given the mic to the protester, said, "You have ten seconds. Say what you need to say, and then let's move on with the show." That would have been amazing. Okay, you got me convinced. I'm on team protester and team Avril passing the mic. That would have been a moment. Absolutely, yeah. It would have been that moment would have gone on. I mean, this I didn't slap in her boob. Like I don't know. Like yes, does that's anyone, what... Does anyone think that's that's a little much? Mm, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. Our next story, I'm going to allow that we're going to go through this one quick, but I'm going to allow allow it to be introduced by way of another message. This isn't a voice memo. This is an email that I got from someone named Cindy. Cindy says the raccoons are part of this animal uprising. I don't know if you've heard, but they attacked a 95 year old woman walking in the snow. I guess Aaron was right that the dead raccoon story in Toronto is a false flag. Lol. 
So if you recall, let's back it up here. We talked about how there were said to be dead raccoons all over Toronto. We got you on an airplane. We sent you to Toronto to see said dead raccoons. You didn't see a dead raccoon. You came back and you reported that to the public. And that's, and I may yeah. also add, that is one of the things that led to some criticism against you. That's one of the that things was, that started yeah, it. That was one of the things, yeah. Um, you didn't see the raccoons, but what Cindy is saying is that raccoons seem to be pretty healthy in Toronto. In fact, as she says, they just attacked a 94, a 95-year-old woman who is out for a walk. Uh, listen to this story. Uh, what this is, is the 95-year-old woman survived the raccoon attack in Toronto, and she lived to tell about it. So I'm just going to play a second of, a, of an interview she gave to CBC about the whole uh, event. Hmm. So take us back to that day you met the raccoon in a park. Uh, what happened? <laughs> well, I... It was a cold day, and I didn't really want to go out, but I decided I better get going, and I bundled up, and I, I didn't have a, a real destination. So I turned north toward the Tattle Creek Park, and uh, I started cutting across the park on a nice little shoveled pathway, and suddenly there was this animal standing right in front of me, uh, and I, I didn't at first even recognized that it was a raccoon. But it, it, I was so stunned to see it, and it suddenly jumped up on my left leg and started to bite me. Oh, my. And it, it wouldn't go away, and I, I was I was afraid. I, I should have probably hit it with my walking sticks, but I didn't think of that. Uh, I was just too stunned by the whole experience. Finally, uh, some man came along, and kicked it uh, off my leg, and then I, I was met by the street uh, guard, mm -hmm. uh, the traffic guard, and, and she came over and said, uh, I've been worrying about this raccoon all this time because it's acting very strangely, and now I think that you will have to go and have a rabies shot. And I will phone for emergency services to come and get you. I love her telling of the story. But when I play that through in my mind, this little old lady, 95 years old, who felt the need to get up and go without any destination at all, ends up crossing paths with a raccoon that has been um, acting so strangely that crosswalk guards are even concerned about this raccoon. The raccoon ends up attacking her, biting her. Were it not for the grace of God that this man came and kicked the raccoon away, this would maybe be too dark for Keep Canada Weird. Yeah, it was very close to being too weird for the weird. Mm -hmm. But what this is, and what, uh, uh, and another example of this is another example of the animal uprising across Canada that we've been highlighting for over a year now. But I think, if anything, it is heating up. We had this raccoon attack just a little over a year ago, but we have two other animal stories that we need to cover tonight. Both occurred over the last week, both involving unusual, perhaps unprecedented animal attacks in Canada. You want me to start with a turkey or a skunk? Oh, let's start with a turkey. Okay, this, this turkey story it kind of has uh, quite a bit of resemblance to what we just heard about the raccoon. Uh, this takes place in Ottawa. Here's what's going on. Here's what the turkeys are up to 
This is the mm -hmm. here are some horrible things that turkeys are up to in Ottawa. Yeah, finally somebody's shining a light on the horrible things that turkeys do. Someone special, but as CTV Sean Varden reports, sometimes the search for love means spectators aren't welcome. With Christmas long past and Thanksgiving months away, turkeys are on the loose. They're bigger than I thought. I heard about them, but they're bigger than I thought for sure. This trio of toms, or male turkeys, strutting their stuff on the Mud Lake Trail, searching for mates. They definitely seem to be the um, bosses of this trail today, and um, they're enjoying their day, and I'm just going to give them their space. Visitors here used to seeing well-fed squirrels and ducks, now being put in their place by 30 pounds of poultry. I see him. Hi there. <laughs> turkeys are a social bird and can be extremely territorial, chasing off much larger animals, even people like me, when you get too close with a camera. We had heard on the news that uh, that uh, the, the trail was closed, but it, there were no signs, so we thought, okay, I'll take a chance. The NCC had closed parts of the trail Friday, putting up signs warning of the tempestuous turkeys. But Sunday, the furious fowl roamed freely. <laughs> These toms having none of it, gobbling their displeasure at anyone bold enough to approach. Well, it reminds you that nature is all around us and maybe we're not top of the food chain everywhere because these guys are intimidating. The NCC said Friday it has plans to trap the trio and relocate them. For now, these bachelors will continue their turkey trot. Sean Varden, CTV News. I'm sorry, but that's horrifying. Hearing a bunch of turkeys like gobbling and chasing a cameraman through a snowy path. It's unsettling. Turkeys are one of those animals that a lot of times you, you're so used to the, the TV image of a turkey, you know, the cartoon image or, or just seeing pictures of turkeys. But when you see a turkey in real life at your feet and it's acting aggressive, mm. like that is a different story and it is actually scary. They're freaky animals, big claws, the big beaks and their big puffy, dusty feathers. They freak me out. Oh, they freak me out too. I, I would not want to tangle with a turkey. Absolutely. No. But like they're testing the waters, like we're, like we're saying with this uprising, mm -hmm. what, what they're doing for so long, for so many years, for so many generations, animals have always kind of stayed on the outskirts of, of urban areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and they were afraid to come in, but as they've been, we're hearing more and more stories every year about animals slowly making their way into cities, into towns, and, and, and kind of becoming accustomed to humans and realizing that they shouldn't be afraid of us. We should be afraid of them. Mm -hmm. So now they're, they're testing. Like when you, this raccoon attack on, on, the, on the older lady, mm -hmm. these, these turkeys on this trail uh, being aggressive towards Just humans. Slowly raising the temperature, right? Absolutely. And now they're realizing, wait a second, I can attack this old lady and there's not much she can do about it. Mm -hmm. And these turkeys can work together and attack whoever comes in the park. It's gotten so bad that this park is shut down right now until they can figure out how to deal with this gang of turkeys. But here's the thing. We've been talking about the uprising, trying to make people aware of what's happening. But I think when you one of the important things we heard in that news clip is one of the civilians uh, that the the news broadcaster talked to she can sense it as well where she even yeah. says herself like yeah. it, it makes me feel like maybe we're not at the top of the food chain anymore that's what she said and and it really resonated with me too is yeah, that it's like she knows 
she, we're not the only ones noticing this now. We're starting to, to see other people that are noticing the uprising, this very slow, mm-hmm. slow uprising. There's, there's two things happening in unison. There's an uprising of animals, and then there's an awakening of humans. Right, right. And when both of these reach their fever pitch, we have a civil war on our hands. Yeah, and I've stated publicly on this show numerous times that I submit to my animal overlords Hmm. and I continue that message. And I just hope that uh, when the uprising occurs, that, that they will take those comments from me under Hmm. consideration and that I've been uh, championing their cause. So, well, let me work uh, that as a segue into the next animal uprising story is you're smart enough and intelligent enough to know what side to be on. And a part of the reason you're able to make these informed decisions is because you have a good education. You went to school. You've learned a lot of things. What if I told you that a new strategy in the animal uprising seems to be taking away the ability for our children to be educated? No, horrifying. Well, that's exactly what's happening in Winnipeg. Listen to what this skunk did and how one skunk managed to single-handedly shut down an entire school. A smelly situation has forced classes at Winnipeg Elementary School to be moved to several other locations. To explain, CTV's Mason D. Patti joins us now. Mason, what's behind this odor? A skunk, Merrily. Parents at Stevenson Britannia School in St. James were sent a letter early Tuesday morning explaining skunks had made their way into a crawl space and were creating an uncomfortable smell. I did find the the entire situation a bit amusing and it it did feel like the staff was trying to treat it lightheartedly, Um, definitely trying to make sure everyone was comfortable, but also, you know, trying to figure out what was going on and what they could do. As the skunk problem is taken care of, students have been learning in makeshift classrooms at Bordair Community Club, Discovery Children's Centre and Lindenwood School. In a statement to CTV News, the school's principal says, at this point, one one skunk has been caught and safely relocated and the odour is dissipating. We have deployed ozone generators to filter the air and have made adjustments to our HVAC system. I spoke with one parent who says her two kids in grade one and four have enjoyed the change in scenery. She says she's impressed how quickly other places stepped up to help. It was was really warm, heartwarming, um, and really just nice to be able to to know that everybody's looking out for the kids and and just doing whatever they can to to make sure that they're still able to go to school. The school expects students to return early next week. It notes there are no toxins in skunk spray. Mason, did you notice any smell when you were there at the school? When I was standing outside the school merrily, I did catch the occasional whiff this afternoon. I didn't go inside the building. However, I asked several people who did. They say it wasn't bad. First elementary schools, then universities, and then government buildings? They, they always use this smell, you know, this, this odor as a defense mechanism. But now they're realizing and this is all part of the uprising are all part of the, the slow burn that they're doing, you know, you know testing the waters with, with what they're capable of in, in, in attacking humans with. Using it offensively. Using it offensively and strategically. So now they realize they can, the skunks can be used to, to clear entire buildings for days on end. So mm-hmm. then other animals can, so, so skunks come in, they clear an area and then the rest of the animals come in and take it over because the humans have left that area for a little while because it reeks so bad. Hmm. Well, 
I guess uh, we're doing our part by making Canadians hip to what's happening. Horrifying, it's scary, but we'll be there to cover it as the temperature raises even higher and we find ourselves in a slow boil. Speaking of temperatures rising, things getting uncomfortable, uh, voices from our past, I need mm. to bring up something with you. When we went through our dark days on this show, when you were on the verge of walking away from it and from everything, do you remember, I'm sure you can't forget this unless you blocked it out, someone was going to name a cockroach after you. You remember? Oh, no, I remember. The, the voicemail plays in my head every night before I go to sleep. Well, she's back. No. The cockroach lady is back. No. Hi, Jordan. Cockroach lady here. I wanted to reach out firstly to apologize to Aaron Airport. I understand that he may be a bit of a grump sometimes, but I myself am too. And I think that is almost part of his appeal. That's why your listeners love him. So Aaron, I do apologize for what I said. I will not be naming a cockroach after you. Secondly, I wanted to talk about my experience with Tim Hortons. I know you frequently hate on Tim Hortons, and I do not disagree with your complaints. However, I am indebted to them for the rest of my life due to the fact that I went to their summer camp when I was 10 years old. They host a few different camps. I think there's one in Kentucky. Um, the one I went to in particular was Onondaga Ranch in Ontario. So it was um, I was 10 years old and it was late August. They flew me and three other students from my school out for a week and the camp I went to had maybe 3,000 students but it was a total hoot and we had so much fun. It was a week of zip lining, pizza, bunny rabbits, um, camping, <laughs> fun and I'll never forget it. So every time I grimace through drinking a Tim Hortons coffee I remember that wonderful week and uh, I grin and bear it. Before you respond to this no, you go, you go. I'm not going to Okay, you. just just why why while it's on my mind. Okay. So at the very end her tagline was whenever you know, she has a Tim Hortons coffee now, you know, she grins and bears it. Mm -hmm. That should be Tim Hortons new slogan. <laughs> just grin and bear it. <laughs> Tim Hortons coffee, just grin and bear it. Mm -hmm. Uh I read a little deep into some of the things she said, but I think it sh it maybe explains a lot of what happened. This is someone who as a child was sent to a Tim Hortons camp, labor camp, indoctrination camp, mm -hmm. whatever it is. She has a background from childhood to be on the side of Tim Hortons related to this. And she explains so herself, she feels indebted to them. She then listens to a podcast where some guy is talking crap about Tim Hortons and she steps forward and attacks him. I don't know if Tim Hortons got in her ear recently or if this is something that they programmed into her when she, when they sent her to a free camp all those years ago, but I clearly believe and we've talked about this, we speculated on this. I clearly believe that the attack against you by Cockroach Lady and others is coming from Tim Hortons directly. I agree with you. Um, I'm glad you brought it up because I think if, if I had have mentioned that, I don't think it people would have. Um, He's a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, I believed it because it's like, well, she attacked him originally saying she's going to name a cockroach, 
cockroach after him. So of course he's going to to make up something about her, you know, being mm. just a just a, a shill for for Tim Hortons and this, uh, you know, work camp that she got sent to to make uh, donuts and, and terrible coffee. Mm-hmm. So I I you know she apologized to me. I have to decide if I'm going to accept the apology, mm. and I have to be honest. I I haven't decided yet. So what I think I'm going to do after, after hearing this is I'm going to, I'm going to think about it for a week mm-hmm. and next week I will decide, I will state my decision mm-hmm. on if I accept her apology or not, because okay. she shattered my world. Mm-hmm. I and can't it's... just pick those pieces up in a second, mm-hmm. just with one apology. I can't just. I can't just forget it never happened because it did happen and it was still fresh in my mind. And And that's the first time anything like that's ever happened to you. And Mm -hmm. if I know anything, Cat Stevens and Rod Stewart and Cheryl Crow have told me that the first cut is in fact the deepest. Right. It's, it was a deep, deep cut. uh, And I'm concerned it's infected. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to stay on the topic of Tim Hortons here. That email voicemail opened up the floor to the discussion about Tim Horton. So as listeners have criticized us for jumping back and forth, the discussion about Tim Hortons, we didn't start it. Cockroach lady did, but Kevin, a listener from China of all places, he sent us not a voicemail. He sent us a video showing us what Tim Hortons is like in China. Listen and watch this. Hey there. Jordan and handsome Aaron Airport. It's Kevin here, a Canadian, a Cape Bratner, coming to you from Shenzhen, China, which is right next to Hong Kong, where I'm an international school teacher. And you see, I'm holding a plant, a cucumber plant, that my students have grown. And yes, that's a Tim Hortons cup here in Shenzhen, China. And that's right, Tim Hortons came to China a couple of years ago. And us Canadians were very excited. I know it's not good in Canada, but we had some hope. And you know what? Hopes were dashed. It's not very good here either. And it's really different. It's kind of a luxury brand type coffee, but it's not very good. So there you go. Tim Hortons, it's here in China. And uh, I've tried it once, twice, never tried again. Not here anyway. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Love nighttime. And uh, keeping Keep Canada Weird is awesome. So again, Kevin, a K. Bretner here in Shenzhen, China, saying Tim Hortons, yeah. So the, we got boots on the ground all over the world keeping an eye on what they're up to. And it doesn't sound like they're doing anything good. Uh, seen as a luxury brand in China. Oh, I'm sure they'd like to be seen that way. I'm sure they're just uh, known as just trash on the side of the road now. Yeah. Um, I, I'm surprised to hear that. They probably have a sign out front like we are a luxury brand. Yeah, trust us. We're luxury coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, they just may be. Grin and bear it. Yeah. I appreciate Kevin doing that. That's fantastic to get video evidence to show the uh, the virus spreading. But they may be seen as a luxury brand or, or want to be seen as a luxury brand in China. But here in Canada, Tim Hortons is quickly gaining a reputation for being weaponized, for being dangerous, uh, alleged to even be reckless. Um, you, you've heard stories like this, but do you know that last week, uh, a lawsuit was filed against Tim Hortons due to the temperature of their tea. Mm. You're not surprised to hear that, I bet. 
No, no, no. I've heard, um, I remember there was a big one with McDonald's, but. Oh yeah, it was in the early nineties. That was the, that was the big one. Well, let me tell you a little, I'm going to read a little bit about the Tim Hortons coffee lawsuit that's filed by a woman from uh, Ontario. An Ontario woman and her family have launched a civil lawsuit seeking $500,000 in damages from Tim Hortons after she allegedly suffered second degree burns across her stomach, her legs, and her genitals from a superheated tea. Do you want to say anything about this? Or should I keep going? Are you assuming that I have a genital comment right now? Yeah, do you? No? Not, no. The, the burns are still are too fresh. I'm okay. not going to comment on her damaged genitals. Okay. 73-year-old Jackie Lansing, who on May 18th of 2022, ordered a 14-ounce hot black tea using a drive through in Hunts at a Huntsville, Ontario, Tim Hortons. It was alleged within her lawsuit documents that Lansing was handed her tea at a superheated, scalding temperature in a single cup that, that immediately collapsed in on itself as it was being passed to her. As a result, approximately 14 ounces of scalding hot liquid spilled on Miss Lansing's stomach, legs, and genitals. The spill resulted in severe second-degree burns across much of her lower body. In December, Lansing and her daughter launched a lawsuit against Tim Hortons, accusing the chain of negligence. Within her statement of claim, Lansing claims that the cup she was provided was faulty, the tea was heated to an unreasonable temperature, and the employee failed to take reasonable care and warn her of the cup's deficiencies. Following the spill, Lansing sought medical attention at the Muskoko Algonquin Healthcare Center. She immediately had to go to the emergency department and suffered severe and suffered serious burns. The burns did extensive damage to her body, court's documents allege, and resulted in fluid-filled blistering of the skin, pus accumulation, and skin... The word is slowing? S-L-O-U-G-H-I-N-G? Skin slogging? Mm, Maybe know. a medical professional will tell us what that is. Yeah, but I, I've, I've seen photos of these injuries, and oh, yeah. They are, oh, the photos are gross. Yeah, They are bad burns. Um, And when they describe the the cup collapsing in on itself i know exactly what they're talking about oh yeah have, big time tim's cups the the lid is what gives it its structural integrity so if the lid isn't on all the way as you hold it in your hand it almost feels like like this big thing of jelly or something like the cup is really i don't know what the word is but you can kind of bend it and move it in ways that you wouldn't when the when the lid is perfectly affixed to it and holding it in place. Well, a, the cup is cheap. That's the that's a good way to put it. It's a yeah. terrible, terrible cup. And this is black tea, so there's no milk in there. Yeah, that is freaking hot. When I get tea, even with two milk in it, it's still like it's still super hot. I got to wait a minute to take a sip. So the idea of having a cup of that dump on your lap when you're sitting in your car, that's not cool. No, no, it's definitely not cool, but, uh, it's the focus here. Like is not to me, it's not so much the temperature of the tea. It's, it's the faulty cup. Yeah. Cause uh, for years I've always, the times that I do have Tim Hortons, which is rare, but with the times when I do like, even if the cup doesn't collapse on itself or the lid's not on properly, the, the cup leaks or the lid leaks. Like I it's say it's constant. I say it spits on me. Like it just like, I don't even know how it's happening, but there's this steady stream of drops of coffee or tea or whatever falling out of it. I find it's, it's their cups are awful and comparing it to McDonald's or I was just going to say the McDonald's cup is 
the superior cup, not just the quality of the coffee, which is superior, mm -hmm. but also the quality of the cup. It's sturdier. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's insulated. It double walled. It's it's two yeah, cups. Yeah, it's one. got that insulated wall. It's it's so good, and yeah. the lid is sturdier, mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't squirt at you. It's it's. I, I would love to see somebody do some kind of a comparison video of the Tim Hortons cup and the McDonald's cup and put them through tests to see mm -hmm. how they hold up. So design tests that you would put a disposable coffee, coffee cup through uh, to see mm -hmm. which one comes up, comes out on top. I mean, obviously visually you look at it, the McDonald's cup is, is superior, but it would be cool to see a testing done. Yeah, that would be cool to see. Um, in this case, when I, Actually, I should also say Tim Hortons response or not Tim Hortons directly, but the company that owns this Tim Hortons franchise or whatever, um, their defense against this lawsuit is that she accepted the risk by ordering black tea. She should have, they say she should have known it was hot and it was dangerous. And they said she was the author of her own misfortune. But my thought is even if everything else was okay. The cup was fine. The tea wasn't overheated. If they didn't put the lid on properly, that in itself is an act of negligence, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think if they can, if she can prove that the lid wasn't installed correctly, that alone should see her have a victory here. I, I don't know where the $500,000- I don't know how you would prove that though, to prove well, that security your lid cameras. was security cameras. Yeah, maybe, maybe they catch- God, that's detail though. Like they would have to be very high def, you know. Yeah, but maybe crystal they, clear cameras. If if it happened with like they're passing her the tea and then it's dumping on her, that's impossible if the lid was installed correctly. So I think it well, would she be. She put it down and then she picked it up, right? That, oh, that's is what that I what understood. happened? Uh, okay, it's been a while since I read the story, so maybe okay. maybe I'm misremembering it. But mm. I thought that she put it down and then she picked it up to have okay. some and it's spilt everywhere but uh, i could see you know what another idea is she if if that is what happened she puts it in her car's cup holder and then pulls it out you must have had this happen where your car's cup holder and some cars they squeeze the coffee too tight and you try to lift it up and you end up popping the lid off or getting spilling coffee or pop or whatever it is this could potentially evolve into a lawsuit against not only tim hortons but the manufacturer of her vehicle yeah i tell you it's never happened with a mcdonald's cup it, yeah i've i have spilt tim horton's coffee cups before all over my car um one maybe two summers ago and uh yeah it was in my it was in the coffee holder the cup holder and i pulled it out it spilled everywhere and uh that was one of the last straws with tim horton's i, mm. I, I was covered in coffee my car was covered in coffee oh, that's brutal but I've never, ever had an issue with a McDonald's coffee cup ever. Hmm. Um, Kristen in the chat uh, is sharing a story where she spilled a full pot of coffee down her own shirt when she worked at a local breakfast restaurant. How the hell do you pull that off? Down? I don't know. You're trying to get fired. You're, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or it's just a wild day at work. It was yeah. Uh, you're cold. I don't know. I'm freezing. I'm just gonna pour coffee all over myself. <laughs> um, one just little anecdote here, uh, and this is in no way a defense against Tim Hortons cups, which I 
absolutely despise with a passion. But once upon a time, this is back when I was in high school, so circa 2000, I was walking to school. I was a little late and I had a coffee in my hand um, because I've always been the same. And when I was in high school, I would show up at school late with a coffee, just like I do at work and just like I do mm -hmm. in other, every other aspect of my life. But anyway, I, was, uh, I didn't open the coffee yet. It, it, the coffee was full, the lid was on, sealed, whatever. And I was kind of like running up these stairs to get into my school and I like tripped and I dropped my coffee and I watched the coffee roll, fall down like three stairs and continue to roll. And it didn't, the top didn't come off and no coffee leaked. And I like, I looked around and nobody was around to see it. And then I picked up the coffee and just like continued to go. But I was so upset, like that was amazing. And no one will believe me that that just happened. Yeah, and I don't believe you. Yeah, well, I literally like, I wouldn't even say I dropped the coffee. I fell, so I almost like chucked the coffee and it was okay. Yeah, why are you making this up? <laughs> um, I don't want to try to convince you. It's something that I've lived you with. You can't my, convince me. If it was a Tim Hortons cup, you are you are definitely making this up. <laughs> um, I'm not going to try to convince you. So let's start wrapping this up. But before we do, Aaron, is there anything you want to ask of the listeners? Is there any way they can support our mandate to find and highlight these weird stories? What do you want them to do for us? I want them to go to the Nighttime Podcast website and submit a voicemail or a story that they know about. Anything at all. Uh, let us hear about it. Okay. We're opening the floodgates. We want to hear from you. We absolutely do. And we want someone, a listener out there, to put a Tim Hortons cup, a coffee cup versus a McDonald's coffee cup. I want oh. to see that. I want to see that. Yeah. I also want to see someone do a video with Norm and Randy, and 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 uh, I want to get them together. You know, I so think we let's need a do a Kickstarter. Team. Let's do like some kind <laughs> okay. of a Kickstarter to raise funds to to pay for a flight to send Randy to Las Vegas. Randy and a, like a two person film crew. Yeah. To Norm's house. Then separately, we need someone to take on the task of buying a Tim's and a McDonald's coffee and mm. putting those cups through the test. And not unless one we get Randy and Norm to do the McDonald's versus Tim Hortons oh. coffee cup challenge. Oh, you know how to save a buck. You're a Cape Bretner. Yeah, yeah. So let's combine the ideas. We'll send Randy to Las Vegas and then him and Norm are work together on this project. <laughs> And then that will be, uh, you know, aired over several Keep Canada Weird episodes. Yeah, I want it filmed though. This is I want it to be a documentary. It needs to be filmed. Yeah, yeah. It would yeah. literally be a documentary that only you and I would enjoy. <laughs> and I think I think Randy and Norm will like it too. Yeah. Um, all right, that's what we're doing. All right. Okay. You Sign forget it, then, listeners. We don't need any help. We got it. Yeah, forget. It. Don't don't go to the website and send us any story <laughs> ideas anymore. We have the next few weeks already painted out. Um, all right. Well, Aaron, it's been uh, it's been important. That's how I'll wrap it up. It's been important the work we're doing here. Uh, I know the sitting prime minister and any future prime ministers support what mm -hmm. we're doing, and any past prime ministers as well. Mm -hmm. Until next time, Aaron. Jordan, until next time. Uh, keep your lid and your pasties on. I submit to the animal overlords. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill the Keep Canada Weird mandate we've been issued by the federal government. But 
let us also call out to you for even greater support in this mission. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, please let us know. And the best way to let us know is by sending us a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We hope to hear from you. Now, before we part, let me end with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides the intro and outro voiceovers for this series. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime as without your interest and your support, Nighttime would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Jennifer, Robin, and Rachel, thank you for your generous support. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it by way of a premium feed subscription, you can give us a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting some like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If anyone listening has any story ideas or wants to give feedback on the show, you can reach us at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. Again, we hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.